Welcome back to Two Crows Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Holmes, and today we have a listener tale. Did you like those little crows in the beginning? I'm playing with them because uh, our, my lovely co-host from Frightening Frauen, Lee, sent them to me this morning, and there was a full-on murder, not an attempted murder of crows. Um, they were everywhere, and it really looked like the birds. And it was a little pandemic-y looking. So this listener tale we're going to do, the first one here is fiction. And it always surprised me when I was growing up that the default to works of literature was untruths and fables, where fiction is not true, and then nonfiction means it's not not true. And that makes it real. It just seemed interesting to me. So they wrote me two. One, this first one, is a work of theirs that is written by them from their mind and is not true. And the second one that they wrote me is a true tale that they experienced. So I'm going to dive into that first one here. This is written by a listener and patron. I'm going to call them Jay. Now, they've written me a couple other stories, and they've been really good, and I have not read this one before I am reading it here, so you're getting it with me. The Tale of Mercy Brown, The Last Vampire Mary had passed away, and her husband George was beside himself with grief. His eldest daughter was dying before his eyes, and he could do nothing to stop this horrible disease. From doctor to doctor he went, begging for treatments, as many families did. Each doctor had a new name for it, and confusion spread. Consumption, thesis, and more. George was ready to try anything, anything to save his daughter, and yet Mary Olive, his oldest daughter, passed away as well. George began to question modern medicine. They told him that Robert Koch had found the cause of the illness in Germany less than four years before, and was now searching for a cure. Yet still, they could do nothing for his wife and daughter, his beautiful darling daughter Mary Olive. Why? Why has medical science let him down? Why has everything changed for the bad? When he was a child, there were still illnesses. You were bled, you were recovered. That was science then. Science now said bloodletting was wrong, yet they still could not save his darling daughter. They had let her die. In secret, he began his own protection for his family. What the doctors would not allow to be done, he did himself. He did not have the tools that medical science had, but nature had their own blood letters. He began raising leeches in an insulated box to protect them from the New England cold. Carefully, he bled his son and remaining daughter to prevent the illness, that which had killed his wife and eldest daughter. It's in your blood. It's in our blood, he would mutter to his children over and over again. Mercy and Edward contracted the illness a year after their sister's death, 
and George became adamant, trying to convince medical science to bring back the treatment he knew growing up must work. To doctor to doctor, up and down the countryside, he would take her, risking any medical treatment to save his beautiful Mercy and his only son. He told her over and over again, It's in your blood. It's in your blood. For a year, she was poked and prodded by doctors, and every week her father bled her, reminding her, It's in your blood, sweet Mercy. It's in your blood. Doctors were eager with new knowledge of bacterial infections and the discoveries of Louis Pasteur and more recently Robert Koch. It was a year before Robert Koch would announce the discovery of a tubercelin, an immunization against tuberculosis. Even though it would prove not 100% effective, every new doctor knew the race was on. All you had to do was find an elixir, a mild poison, or a chemical, or a plant that would kill the illness within the body without killing the person. Science would prevail, and the doctor who found the cure would be more famous than Louis Pasteur. He would be celebrated across the globe. They turned to myth, they turned to ancient herb knowledge, they turned to pure speculation and experimentation. Mercy was dying. It was apparent from her wasting appearance that the consumption was draining her of her life. Her skin was pale, her body thin. She was tired and without energy. She was showing all the signs of advanced stages of consumption but they did not know that her father was also secretly bleeding her, so she suffered also from anemia, from this unknown and unseen cure. Poisons were tried. History showed the effectiveness of mild doses of arsenic and other poisons, yet she was so weak they had to lower the dose so much to prevent the cure from killing her. Nothing worked. They ignored George's rantings. It's in her blood as an understanding of the bacteria pathogens that science had recently discovered. This was a man who could not accept science and not superstition. This was a man who cared so much for his daughter. He would do anything to protect her and her brother. When the advanced signs of illness showed on George Brown's son, they sent him to a treatment camp in the southwest in hopes of saving his life, and all medical experts turned their focus on mercy. It was one of these doctors who tried a very special poison extracted from a strange fish in the Orient. Perhaps it could do what other poisons could not. It was the final mistake that did Mercy Brown in. She died? January 17, 1892, she was entombed above ground because of the harsh winters. She would be buried at the spring after thaw. Edward recovered some in Colorado, only having to deal with the consumption and not the bloodletting. He grew stronger. However, he returned to find his sister already dead of the illness that lived within his blood. 
and mercy, poor sweet mercy. Mercy felt her entombment, felt her death, paralyzed with tetrodotoxin. No one embalmed her, it was too early for this practice. She would truly have died that January. In her paralyzed state, she heard over and over her father's words. It's in your blood, mercy, your blood, your blood, your blood. She heard it a hundred times over and over again before she woke, cold and shivering and undead. She had heard tales of vampires from a child. She knew the illness of the blood that brought others back to life and weak and hungry. She knew what she needed to survive. She dared not take a human life. She dared not stay out until dawn. She killed none of those that are blamed on her. But she killed. She drank. She preyed upon the cattle and the sheep, believing the superstition that she had turned into a vampire. Stronger, from lack of bloodletting and fresh food, she knew this curse was real, that she was real. She was a vampire. And yet, she was still dying. No longer weak from anemia, she was still dying of consumption. She missed her family, especially her brother Edward. Edward was receiving new treatments, and with his anemia combined with medical treatments, was not in the best of health. She would sit at his bedside and talk to him of the world at night. Edward remembered bits and pieces through his drug-addled mind, and superstition flared. Finally, he claimed that she was sitting on his chest one early morning as she talked to him. He told her that she was stealing his breath away. She cried all the way back to her tomb, afraid that her being a vampire was killing her brother, without even drinking his blood. She lay down in her crypt again, removing the extra clothing she stole to stay alive. She dressed again in her burial dress, and she cried and cried and cried for her brother until she had no tears left to cry. And upon the stone in which she was buried, she froze to death in the last chill before spring. She was buried, unseen and only days after her true death, in the ground, even as rumors flared. George believed Edward was seeing his sister, and superstition demanded they find the true cause of his illness. This was not consumption. Medical science was lying to him. His wife and his eldest daughter were exhumed. The bodies were decayed, proved they had died a normal death. But mercy, Lord, help, mercy. Mercy looked as if she had died recently. Her hair and nails had grown. There was still blood in the veins beneath the pallor of dead skin. She looked as if she had died less than a week ago, which she had to save her brother Edward from her own fate. History tells what the village and her father did to the dead body of Mercy Brown, the vampire, that he, George Brown, had created. After all, everyone knows that every vampire must be fathered, and Mercy Brown, the last vampire, 
was definitely fathered by the superstitions of her own true father, George Brown. Now, I didn't read this before I read this here, which is very ironic because one of the stories that I'm working on right now is the actual myth of zombies and vampires brought on by the poison within pufferfish. And this is a historical fiction tale where they're not sure exactly why she was not uh, decayed at all when they did bring her up. But they put this tale into effect of why she appeared to have only died moments before being brought up. She had not decayed at all. And it was thought that it was possibly the cold ground that kept her preserved. Others believe that she was, she did wake up. um, And others believe that there's some other Um, abnormality within the poisons that were put in her body that preserved her. So it's very interesting. If you look her up, um, this is a case that did really happen. um, But the myth behind it is what they're writing about, which is very entertaining as well as baffling and possibly true. So It is definitely something that I'm going to look further into. There's a lot of cases in uh, South America that they believed that they were zombies and not vampires. So um, very interesting. And then there's also cases in other parts of the world that they believe that they're vampires. And it it is brought on by the pufferfish venom or a similar venom that they were given as a medicine. So it's very fascinating that this is actually historical fiction. Uh, Thank you, Jay. I really, really appreciate this tale. Um, I'm going to record your other one in a separate episode. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping now. So there was a news article that I saw and immediately thought of all of you. How to enter $1 million competition for recording extraterrestrial activity on your Ring device. I have Ring. Um, I would love to catch some extraterrestrial activity and get paid a million dollars. Ring is showing that their surveillance, surveillance, surveillance. I'm leaving this in there because you can see how long it actually takes me to record these because of my dyslexia. Um, I have to try over and over again with some of these words and had to skip some of them in the story because my brain, I could do it when I wasn't recording myself or in my head, but out loud, the words just were not coming out. So I apologize, Jay, for any words that I skipped because I just could not. <laughs> so it may sound polished and all sensual or whatever you want to say my voice is, but it is not like that the whole time I'm recording. And maybe I should do a live stream for Patreon of me recording sometime so you can see how long it actually takes and what it takes to go back, re-listen see what I did wrong and if I did say something wrong and then re-record that part because it does take quite a bit of editing and recording for these. My frightening frown videos, we do it one take, you get what we get and because there's two of us talking and it's back and forth where this is just me talking and you don't want to hear me going blah, 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 between me um, having to reset my tongue to continue on recording. So... 
Okay, back to the article. So Ring is showing that their surveillance camera record more than just suspicious human and animal activity. They're also ready to capture any extraterrestrial beings. Home security company has announced their million-dollar search for extraterrestrials competition where they encourage users to film an extraterrestrial sighting with their ring device. The company announced Wednesday the contest open only to Americans at least 18 years of age or older is to capture unaltered scientific evidence of real extraterrestrial life forms with a ring device. One winner will receive the grand prize of $1 million, awarded with $50,000 payments as a year for two decades. Hey, I will gladly take $50,000 a year. Um, I would be able to pay most of my bills with that. Not my mortgage, but everything else. (laughs) The company said... Customers all over the world capture life's unexpected and delightful moments through their ring video doorbells and cameras. Now, you could be rewarded for catching an otherworldly sighting. Ring said in a press release, whether it's a video of an extraterrestrial walking or flying. Oh my gosh, I have the hiccups. I am so sorry. This is not the most sensual of my... uh podcast episodes. Um, I burped and edited that out. I probably should have left it in. Um, (laughs) Walking or flying up your driveway and asking for directions or an unidentifiable life form exhibiting unusual and extraordinary behavior in your backyard. Submit your best footage. Uh, Videos must be submitted by November 3rd, 2023 at 11.59 p.m. No purchase is necessary to submit footage. Um, I'm pretty sure a purchase is definitely warranted if you have a ring camera. Maybe someone gifted it to you. But I pay a subscription fee for my ring camera to record and keep the footage. So I think that purchase is technically necessary. Um... Yeah, and then it goes into the UFO briefing takeaways, how NASA hopes to shift UAP's talk from sensationalism to science. A space and extraterrestrial expert will review all video submissions that meet contest requirements and submission criteria to decide if the footage is undoubtedly evidence of an extraterrestrial life form, according to Ring. How to apply for the million dollar sighting competition to submit your surveillance footage for the contest, visit ringmilliondollarsightings.com before November 3rd's deadline. You are free to submit your scientific evidence from now until the contest ends on November 3rd. If you don't locate any real extraterrestrials, don't worry, you can still enter to win. To enter, simply capture and submit your most creative interpretation of an extraterrestrial sighting on your ring device and you will be... (laughs) in the running among your earthling peers to win $500 Amazon gift cards. Oh my gosh. Okay. Challenge accepted. Ring offers chance to win $500 for creative alien footage. As stated, if you can't capture unaltered extraterrestrial footage, don't sweat it. Ring is also asking 
Oh my gosh, you guys have to help me with this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to add some items to my wish list so that maybe I can win this. Um, <laughs> so it's called the Out of This World Contest. Users are asked to submit creative and comedic alien content filmed on a Ring device for a chance to win $500 Amazon gift cards. Alien costumes, accessories, homemade spacecrafts, as well as extraterrestrial-inspired communication can be used to go above and beyond with your submission. Submissions for our Out of This World contest will be judged on their creativity, humor, and engagement. Tips for capturing the best alien footage. Ring provided some helpful and fun ways to lure extraterrestrial activity to your home. So you need to add motion detection, smart lights, and make sure ring cameras can detect what you see. Place security cameras inside and outside your home. Turn on rings, alien quick replies that greet guests and intruders with intergalactic Halloween replies. I have not even seen that. I need to go on and look. Add alien decorations to disguise your home as a safe and private space for all species to live. This is wonderful. I am definitely going to try to submit some things for this competition. I didn't even know about that second part until I was reading this. I'm sorry. I got excited. I'm not sensual anymore. I am very excited about all of this extra terrestrial. There I go. Saying it weird again. Activity. I'm going to be the best alien ever for this contest and maybe win a $500 Amazon gift card because mama needs some new clothes for her new job she just got. Um, <laughs> I am so thankful for all of you. Um, I don't have any new patrons this week, but I appreciate all of my patrons that I have. I did add a another tier um, because I was requested to do so by my patrons. So there is a $40 tier now. That one will get mail from me. Um, this tier, I will be collecting things um, throughout my journeys, while I'm making content, while I'm ghost hunting. Um, and if you do want, if you're in the top two tiers and you do want um, a link to access my website as well, it is for 18 plus. So is my patron though, Patreon. Um, you will get that content as well. So feel free to message me. Also, there is a Discord uh, for members of my Patreon. Um, and then if you are both mine and Lee's Patreon, let me know. Um, I will add you in even if you're not in the tier to get to Discord. Um, I believe it is the $10 tier and up might be the $5 tier enough. I'll have to look. But um, if you're in even our bottom tier for both of us, um, we which is $5.50 a month between both of us, um, I will add you to the Discord. So just uh, let me know and I'll confirm with Lee that you're in both of them and I will get you added. It's just beginning when I'm uh, recording this. So bear with me. I've made all the little sections, but I want to make it fun and engaging and places that we can all communicate and get along together. So yeah, that's what keeps this podcast running. Um, I really, really appreciate all of you. I got 
gifts from my patrons for my birthday. Um, one of them sent me some pickles and I keep them right next to me. You can see them in the video. Um, I may have opened one and started eating some. Thank you. And <laughs> I'm so awkward at ending these. I am so sorry. When I'm in my mode and I'm just like cryptids and going through the motions, um, but I'm also very excited because yesterday I found out I got my the job that I applied for. Um, it's only one day a week in the office. It's remote for the rest of the time. And they're very lenient about that um, with my surgery coming up. So I'm very, very excited about that. It's a job that I can do even from the hospital. They said that when I have my appointments out there that I can bring my work with me that I have as much overtime as I need um, because there's a lot of extra work to do and that'll help me get caught up uh, from not having not working the last couple months so I'm very very thankful for that um, and I'm thankful for all of you for encouraging me checking in with me making sure I'm doing okay um, I found out that I also have carpal tunnel on top of everything else I uh, got poked and prodded and electrocuted um, <laughs> So that that was that was fun. Um, we're gonna try to put off surgery and do some other things like injections and um, physical therapy or occupational therapy for that, and try to not have to do surgery for that. But I do need surgery on my hips. My my pre op is the seventeenth of October. I'll find out when my surgery is, and then I need surgery on my sliding hiatal hernia. So every time I cough or throw up. As you guys know, I have gastroparesis. Um, my stomach is going into my esophagus and it's getting worse and worse and worse. So I had it tested a year ago and it was not nearly as bad as it is now. So um, it's definitely progressing really quickly and they want to get that taken care of. But if you have any stories that you would like me to read, if you have poetry, stories um, of paranormal things, ghosts, hauntings, just weirdness, uh, feel free to email them to me. I put my email in the description. If you have anyone you would like to talk about on Frightening Frauen or somebody that you would like us to interview, get a hold of me there as well and we will um, set that up. And don't worry about having any fancy equipment. As long as you can log into Zoom, um, we can do that. If you feel that you have a story that you want to tell on my uh, the Two Crows episodes where it's just paranormal and weird stuff, uh, I am looking for people to come on and do that as well. Uh, so yeah, I look forward to speaking with all of you and chatting with you and seeing you everywhere. Um, and stay safe out there. Crow out. <laughs>